You're tuned in to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. Welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive here on Fan Run Radio on a beautiful Friday afternoon here in East Tennessee. Russell Smith coming to you live this afternoon from your Friday home of The Drive, National Law Rex, Farragut's Neighborhood Community Pharmacy. It is always good to be out here this afternoon in front of another big sports weekend. Come on out and see us. We got some Jets pizza for you this afternoon. And Nurse Amy is here as well, board-certified nurse practitioner Amy Brock. Works here at uh, National Law Rex every Friday till about 4 p.m. So you can come and talk to her about National Law Rex's full line of men's health care products, including uh, the sildenafil, that she can get you hooked up with that here this afternoon. And you can find out more about the nitric oxide supplements we've been talking about, which are, of course, over-the-counter products available right here at National Law Rex 11 134 Kingston Pike we're right next to Wendy's this afternoon out here till 6 p.m. as always as we get the weekend kicked off right here on Fan Run Radio Bear and Marcus holding things down back in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios good afternoon Bear how are you sir I'm doing just peachy Russ outstanding uh is are both uh, Marcus and young Ben Slotnick present and accounted for this afternoon? Uh, yes, Slotnick got here. Uh, Marcus was running a few minutes late, as usual. Uh, so we, But we did get him here, got you on air. We're going over some things. A uh, little housekeeping issue. Hour two of yesterday's show is gone forever. So wow. you weren't listening, wow. you didn't get to hear it, but... I am taking actions today uh, to remediate and retrain everybody in the station on how we do our podcast. Oh, it, you know, of course, it happens on the day when we praise Ben yesterday, right at the top of the show for not having screwed up the podcast yet. And what a bright future he has in the business and what a great asset he's been to our team here on the drive. And of course, that very day, did we jinx him? I move. We're very good at jinxing things, I feel like, on the drive. Now, he will be the subject of a full inquiry by Fan Run Radio, House of Elders, Council of Elders, uh, this afternoon. Marcus, you've been in this particular position before. What's it like for a new guy when he screws up the podcast? Well, it's great when you have a Twitter and they know your Twitter. Because they let you know about it. You got a Twitter, Slotnick? Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll put it out there. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun because yeah, people people let, let you know because there are definitely some people who can't listen um, live, and so they love to make me aware of it when I mess up. I think they make me more aware of it than the two of you do. Well, the the podcast people are strange, Russ. Also, I would like to see uh, hopefully Marcus step up and accept some responsibility since uh, he was the one who. Who is uh, young slot trainer? Marcus. That is true. This is sort of your responsibility. Yeah, this is technically, if we want to think about it. No, there's no it's technical really to fault. it. It's your fault. <laughs> Get down okay? to it. Okay. 
And Ben, you just is you're doing all right, Ben. Okay, this is Marcus's <laughs> fault. Wow. Okay, all right. This Marcus did not see this coming. Marcus strolled in late today, thinking, "Wow, I'm totally off the hook." Ben is going to be the whipping boy this afternoon. Little did he know. Little did he know that not only was he not going to emerge unscathed, but he was going to take the brunt of the criticism. Criticism this afternoon. What a turn of events. Yeah. This uh, is... Did you know? You know when that was decided, Marcus? Last night, as I watched you hotty tot it out to your car and take off while I was in here trying to find our number two. That's when, I buddy. Hi, hi, hi. I'm so sorry that I had wow. to go home, change clothes, figure mm. out what I was going to do with the flat tire in the it, trunk it, of my car. Excuses, Marcus. They're like, well, I also had to go. Everybody to work. has one. Not everyone has a nose. Michael Jackson didn't. Anyway. <laughs> Another big one tomorrow at Thompson Bowling Assembly Center and Arena. Voluntary reaction to immediately follow the game exclusively on Twitter Spaces. We are looking forward to that. And I don't know. You guys tell me. It feels to me like a little bit of the Bruce buzz, if you will. The, the fanfare around this game has died down. A little bit, and maybe that just has to do with the fact that Tennessee finally got a big win over them last year here at home when they had Kessler and Jabari Smith. It was a really good Auburn team that uh, Tennessee beat last year at home to get over a hump against Bruce Pearl, who had had Rick Barnes' number for the past couple of years. And then this is not as good or as highly thought of as an Auburn team coming in here tomorrow. Bear, do you get that sense that this is not quite the – big a figure that it was last season uh it may not be to the fans right now i guarantee it is to barnes and and hopefully the team because i i know it it means something to uh brucifer you yeah. think he's wanting to come in here and he'd like nothing better to come in here and tack another loss on in bloody barnes up a little bit well he went full Lou Holtz in his media availability today talking about how what a challenge it is and how good Tennessee Aww. is and how they're going to have to play a perfect game, all this, that, and the other. So BS. They're 7-2 and two and tied with us for second in the SEC, Russell. Balderdash, Bruce Pearl. Balderdash. Well, they don't have two first-round NBA picks on their team like they did last year. I, I don't know. Maybe this um, uh, broom Janai Broom, I think, is uh, the the power forward's name. He's a pretty good player. And, of course, Wendell Green, he's only a junior, but he feels like he's been there for for ages. So, uh, you know, two guys that Tennessee is going to have to contend with. We'll see what kind of atmosphere we see. I I think for Tennessee, a lot of it is just going to come down to hitting some open shots. I mean, Bruce Pearl is such a good offensive coach. Um, I doubt we're going to hold them under – you know, 60 or, you know, whatever we've been doing to teams at Thompson Bowling the vast majority of the season. And I get back to that that 71 note. I, I think first team to 70, 71 points is going to win this thing tomorrow. I don't expect a blowout one way or the other. I expect a hard-fought, nerve-rattling game. They are, uh, what are they, seventh nationally in three-point defense. Uh, their opponents have only made 27.8 percent. Mm, mm. um, they do. They also turn you over. So 
Ziegler and uh, the guards are going to – we can't have sloppy passes. Everything's going to have to be crisp. And they don't shoot the three real well. I've heard him compared to uh, – uh, my buddy Matt compares him to uh, the Elite Eight, Bruce's Elite Eight team here. Yeah, maybe we'll be in store for a rock fight tomorrow at Thompson Bowling. You know, whether whether it's a up-and-down game, a slow game, or something in between, bottom line is Tennessee has to win it, man. Uh, you know, Phil called it a must-win game yesterday. I'm hesitant to call anything a, a must-win game. I mean, we're still second in the net and fighting for a one-seed and all that stuff, but it kind of is a must-win game, Bear, just from the standpoint of if they lose tomorrow, it's going to be an ugly voluntary reaction, and I think it's just going to be an ugly week. And you know, I, I think the you're going to have the 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 naysayers, the Bruce ba- uh, Bruce Bashers, Barnes Bashers will be out in full force. And then I think there will also be people who, you know, maybe they don't want to get on Barnes or rip this team or anything. They understand that it's a good team and everything, but I think that there will be some apathy set in, or or maybe just some, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think some apathy from folks who recognize that this team is good but also don't expect much in the form of postseason success and stop investing emotionally to avoid what they feel is an inevitable letdown so that's what i want to avoid yeah (laughs) by winning and and hopefully you know a win will get this thing back on track but we'll talk about it this afternoon with you 865-546-8200 is your number to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Trey Wallace from OutKick is going to join here in just a few minutes. He's been down at the Senior Bowl this week where a couple of now former Vols have been getting rave reviews. I think Hendon Hooker got a lot of headlines going into the week, but I've just been hearing a ton of buzz about Darnell Wright this week yeah i have as well he's impressed down there i heard he's uh he is making making money right now is they they say he's I, the report i saw this morning i can't remember who was putting that somebody one of the nfl guys from down there was saying he very well very may well have practiced and performed his way into the first round well that would be huge you know for him and for oh, the for tennessee the program, program. Because we talk about, you know, if they're, it, it's strange that Tennessee, as good as they've been offensively, has not been able to recruit "quote unquote" elite offensive line talent, and I, I think part of that is there's this stigma that's a, a gimmicky offense and this, that, and the other. And if they can take a guy Darnell Wright and put him in the first round, they'll be able to go on that recruiting trail and say, "Look, man, like we, uh, we this offense, despite what." the other vultures in this league are, are telling you on the recruiting trail does produce NFL offensive linemen. You can get to the next level playing in this system. No, you're not going to be playing tempo in the NFL and uh, going as fast as right. they typically do, but it doesn't matter because look at Darnell, Wright. He got drafted in the first round. So, I mean, I, I think that could have a huge impact for Josh Heupel's future here in Knoxville and not just, Darnell Wright personally, although I certainly wish him the best of success. 100% agree with that. Just would be big. 
really uh, just great for him, great for us. And I'm a firm believer in success breeds more success. So, No doubt about it. So I'm going to talk uh, some football and some basketball here with you this afternoon on the show. Marcus, I watched the first episode of The Last of Us. Oh, uh, yeah? What would you last think? Last night. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I think I'm going to stick with it. think I'm going to continue. So I'm going to have to break down and watch either. Uh, I've got to either watch The Last of Us. Or Milf Manor. Or Milf Manor. <laughs> we, can't, we can't have two shows that I'm not talking about. I will make a determination this weekend whether I want to watch Marcus's dorky uh, video game TV show Whoa. or Marcus's weird, weird, nasty Milf Manor. Well, I don't I don't know anything about the video game and it was still entertaining to me. You know, it's there, there's a formula thing going on. It's I guess they're not technically zombies, but they kind of are. You know, all those movies start the same. I think, Marcus, you said that it had you in your opinion, the best beginning. And that's a, a key part of any good zombie movie is when the zombie apocalypse begins mm -hmm. and and it all breaks loose. Um, that you you thought this movie I, I thought it was pretty good I thought you oversold it a little bit what but uh, I'm interested I just watched the first episode so I'm interested yeah. to see where it goes yeah it's every Sunday night when the new episode drops so uh, they've only had three episodes up to this point but it's building episode four I'm not gonna like based on the trailer which I won't say anything it looks like Things are about to hit the fan, if you know what I mean. Looks so like excited. a humpbinger. Yeah, right. it looks like the things are really about to hit the fan. So this upcoming Sunday would be a good one if you if you get caught up for sure. Stay with us. The drive continues. A lot going on this afternoon. We're live today. National Law Rex in Farragut broadcasting live for the next three hours. Quality sports-related entertainment for the masses here on Fan Run Radio. Let's get our first time out. We'll come back and be joined by Trey Wallace of OutKick when we continue next here on Fan Run Radio. Run Radio. The drive continues live this afternoon. National Law Rex and Farragut Russell Smith back with you. And we set to head things uh, off to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines where Trey Wallace of Outkick is standing by. Good afternoon, Trey. How are you, sir? I am good, buddy. Hope you're uh, hope you're doing well down at uh, National Rx with some piping hot pizza. And uh, it's a Friday, so I'll take you, brother. Doing good. Always good to have you on with a Friday afternoon. And, uh, Trey, you were earlier this week down in your old stomping grounds in, in Mobile, and uh, they, they roll out the red carpet when Tuscaloosa Trey comes in there back home. It's a big homecoming, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I was, I was happy with the reception that I got. A couple <laughs> War Eagle Wallaces were thrown out uh, along with Tuscaloosa Trey. But it was good to get back home. It was uh, – you know, the Senior Bowl is an event that I mean, I grew up going to. Um, I grew up staking out the hotels and uh, getting autographs and gloves and shirts and a Bible signed by a certain player. Uh, you know, so it's, I have really good memories of the Senior Bowl. So it was, it was good to get back home and 
hang out with a couple folks. Got to hang out with T. Martin at uh, at one practice for a couple hours. Me and him were just sitting there talking ball and life, and it was a good week, man. I got questions, Trey, right right off the bat. Like, you you yeah. got your Bible signed. Like, first of all, where are you doing taking your Bible to the Senior Bowl? Second of all, I mean, y'all already know this story. Don't don't make me do it again. I, I if what this what story? rings a bell distantly, but I cannot remember the details. It was the whole Tim Tebow thing. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that does kind of make sense. If you were going to get one player to sign your Bible, it would be him or Danny Werfel, right? Right, exactly. Uh, Although him and Hooker did write that uh, children's Bible stories book. Yeah. And look, it wasn't for me or anything. Okay. I was at an FCA event in Fellowship Christian Athletes, and a buddy of mine who's a Florida Gator. Whatever he wanted to sign, and, and I got to sign for him as I was covering it. So not, not not like I was going off stalking on Tim Tebow, but I did almost get arrested when I was younger. And maybe arrested is a hard word, but like Charlie, so Charlie Garner, running back, was playing at the Senior Bowl, and he was in a police escorted van, and uh, my father really wanted uh, a glove or something of Charlie Garner. So, like, he sent me as the young child, I think I was probably nine at the time, and I'm sitting there banging on the bus that's carrying Charlie Garner. Like, it's a small van, like a rental van, and uh, the police start asking me questions, yelling to me to get out of the way. Finally, I yelled enough for Charlie Garner to hear me inside the van. Well, he took off his sweaty Tennessee shirt that he had just worn in the Senior Bowl game and gave it to me, and uh, immediately gave it to my father. So, lots of lots of funny memories, you know, including, unfortunately, um, Jacob Copeland. He was wearing a very nice suit uh, at the Senior Bowl, former Tennessee wide receiver, and I just happened to have a black Sharpie in my hand that accidentally went down the whole side of his white suit looking for an autograph. So, uh, <laughs> I... I've had some horrible run-ins down there at that game. Bear, have we reached peak Trey Wallace weirdness levels? Yeah, yeah I've like, got a quick it, – it was an accident, Trey? So the Jacob Copeland thing was, yeah. like I, I So I had the, the marker out. And, like, you know, all these players are, are down in the lobby of the hotel. So I'm getting – like, I'm getting autographs from all these college football players. And Jacob Copeland just happened to be there – and he was wearing this nice white suit, whatever. And I had a, a Sharpie in my hand, and I didn't realize I already had the cap off of it. So, like, I accidentally, right. like, went down the side of his jacket. Did he notice? And, oh, he probably noticed it after I bolted out of there, after I realized what I had done, uh, when he probably got back to his room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, affirmative, Russell. Peak. Yeah, I, I really don't know where to go with any of that. So let's just talk about Darnell Wright, I suppose. Uh, Trey, all the buzz coming out, you know, I was interested, to, and I don't want to hear any Hendon Hooker-related info, intel you picked up on this week down there, but it yeah. does seem like Darnell Wright has done the most to help himself, not only of any Tennessee player, but uh, maybe of any player down there. I mean, he was... I hear a lot of like third and fourth round talk going in there. And now people are saying that he might've worked himself into a potential first round scenario. 
Yeah, I, I was speaking with an NFL scout on the last day that I was there, and um, it, it, he kept pointing out to me, he works on the offensive side of the ball, he kept pointing out to me that he felt like Darnell Wright might have moved into the second round, uh, late first round uh, with his play this week. He was really good, man, and he, he was going up against some <clears> – <throat> very talented players on defense, um, and he was holding his own, especially, you know, and here's the thing, too, like, they move these guys around along the offensive line. Like, a coach will come up, like, take, for instance, I was, was down there on uh, Tuesday, and Mike Tomlin had come up, and he wanted to see Darnell Wright and a couple other players work out at, at different spots along the offensive line. So it's not like they're going into this event and playing the spot that they were at the entire year. These teams want to see if these guys can be moved around, fill some spots on some rosters, you know, some depth. Um, and, and, and he did a really good job, man. I sat there and watched him just for two days just go up against and, and, and hold his own. And um, he only, when I was there watching, he only gave up technically kind of one sack uh, that would be. But the rest of the time, I, I, I thought he played really well. It did a good job. It, it's a it's a heated situation down there. You've got guys with egos that you know. If you're at this event, you're one of the top players in the country. You know what I mean? At that at that position, or or, or you could be, and, and a lot of heated egos. And um, I thought he held his own really well. Handled himself off the field even better, in my opinion. When he when he talked to the media, uh, when he talked to NFL teams. Um, it's it just a good week for Darnell Wright that he now needs to back up with the combine and back up with the pro day. And, and I could see Darnell, you know, going in the first round somewhere late in the first round. Um, there were how, how many there? Tillman was down there. Darnell. Um, no, Tillman was not down there. So it was just, it was just Darnell Byron young okay. and Hendon. And Hendon was down there. I mean, so is, yeah. is Tillman just planning on going to the combine, Trey? Yeah. So Tillman's just Tillman's just working out right now, planning to go to the combine. Uh, <laughs> didn't want to risk anything with that ankle, which I don't blame him. Uh, don't want to risk anything with the ankle, so he's just going combine, and then he'll maybe do pro day. Probably he doesn't have to do pro day. Said so Tillman doesn't, so I'd, I'd imagine he just does uh, combine work. Um, so. You know, but you know, Tennessee. I thought Byron Young did really well this week. He had, he, you know, he had some hiccups. He did. He's still learning. You know, this is like these practices. Also, like this is different too. Like an inside look. Like these are NFL practices. So the way that they go about this would be what you do in the NFL, not how you're practicing in college. Maybe you know you get into a routine in college of, you know, this is what you can expect: seven on seven or eleven. On 11, whatever, um, any kind of drill or whatnot. It's completely different when you get down there. And I thought Byron Young kind of struggled the first day or so, but I think he settled in, um, and, and and it was good to, to see him. He's such a great story. Um, I, I don't know if that transitions to him going, you know, third or fourth round or anything like that, but I, I think he will get drafted, and, and I think he could be an integral part uh, of some team, whether that starts off at a practice squad and, and leads to a, a main roster call up, but uh, but he's got the tools to do it, guys. What about Hendon? Is I, I saw where his recovery is coming along 
pretty well. And I think he said that he expects to be full go by the start of training camp, which would be a really swift recovery for that type of injury. Yeah, I got to talk to Hendon a lot um, when I was down there. You know, Hendon, you know, he can't participate, but he's still in the huddle on every play. He's got a call sheet. Um, He's in every meeting. Uh, he, he, he went about this with the correct business approach that somebody like Will Levis and Stetson Bennett should have done. Um, he handled this like this was a tryout without being able to be on the field to practice. And, and that's the smartest thing he could have done. Um, handled himself with all the questions from the media. Handled himself in his NFL interviews really well. And we, you know, we all know him by now. You know what I mean? Like, we expect that type of thing. But his recovery time and when he was talking about how, you know, he, he told me that, you know, he, whenever he's not doing anything with the senior bowl, he's up in his room, he's FaceTiming his trainers, he's working out that knee, making sure he's iced up um, and, and getting the right physical therapy that he needs uh, while he was down in Mobile for, for five days. Um, and, and it's just a good representation because the senior bowl usually doesn't do that, man. You know, usually don't waste a spot on a player that can't play. You know, I mean, they, they sent home three or four players this week because of injury. So you're bringing in a guy coming off a torn ACO, just had surgery six and a half weeks ago. You just don't do that. So that's how high they thought of him and Hooker and also how much the NFL teams wanted to get to know the young man. And, um, yeah, from all accounts that I heard, uh, he was stellar in the interview rooms. Uh, he was stellar breaking down film with NFL teams. Um, he actually, you know, to his credit, he had done research on one NFL team and, and kind of knew what they had run in their playbook. You know, it's different than what Josh Heifel and them were running, but kind of knew what that team did with their playbook and whatnot um, and, and was prepared when he went into the meeting. So I thought Hendon Hooker helped himself out a lot. Uh, he, he told me that he'll be back um, putting 100% weight on his leg here in the next two weeks. Uh, and he hopes to start running uh, right there in March. So he's on track uh, to, to do NFL training camps and whatnot. And you got Russ, you probably know those dates better than me. Like, you know, they have the OTAs and they have the rookie camps and they have all that type of stuff. But, I mean, if he's, if he's going to be eight weeks out of surgery here in two weeks and start with full weight, I mean, you know, he's probably five months away. From, from being the full go, so that, that would line up pretty well with the start of training camp. Trey, real quick, I, that was a question I had. So this is not something that normally happens where somebody like this who, who can't play in the, in the or, you know, go through reps in practice actually gets invited. No, they sent home the running back from Texas, Robinson. Uh, he broke a small bone in his hand uh, on the first day of practice. And I, I was actually interviewing him. He wasn't showing that he was hurt or anything like that. So he actually broke a small bone in his in his hand. I mean, they sent him home. Not not like sent him home as they were in trouble. They sent him home where he could go recover and go get what he needs medically done and whatnot. But you don't bring like there's not another player at the Senior Bowl this year that was injured in there. Like th- it doesn't happen. You don't waste a these spots are so important. You just don't waste that spot on somebody that's not going to be able to show off his skills on the field. 
So that's how much they thought of him and Hooker, to give him that spot at quarterback when they could have brought in somebody else. Um, and I think that I think that he shined off the field, and, and that's all he could do. But it sure as hell beats, you know, like Stetson Bennett not showing up. You know, you know, the day Stetson Bennett would have arrived in Mobile, but I mean, he was already in Mobile working out. Then he went to Dallas, but the day every player arrived, you know, he's arrested for, you know, knocking on doors at 6 a.m. in the morning in downtown Dallas. You know, Will Levis doesn't show up because he doesn't want to hurt his draft stock because people realize that there are some problems behind the scenes when it comes to his leadership abilities uh, and a few other things that really, you know, maybe don't translate onto the field that, that, that teams might find out. So, you know, good for Hendon. He didn't have to do that, man. He came from Los Angeles to Mobile to spend five days. He was there from Sunday. Uh, he left. I think he was leaving today, if I'm not mistaken. So you spend all that time during the week, and you're talking with NFL teams. You're interviewing. You're doing media appearances. You're taking tests. You're getting uh, examined by medical squads from each team. That's a lot for a kid that's rehabbing from a knee injury in that in that ACL surgery. So I give Hendon Hooker a lot of credit. Trey Wallace of Outkick, our guest this afternoon on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Trey, what did you think about Tennessee promoting from within again for a staff opening? Um, Alec Ablin, not a name yeah. any of us were familiar with, but he gets promoted to tight ends coach and – I assume Tennessee had a couple of, you know, more experienced options that they could have chosen from, but Heupel decides to uh, give a young guy a chance again, goes with familiarity, somebody that's been around him and on his staff for a number of years. I don't particularly like it, but who am I to judge what a head coach making $9 million a year does? Uh, But I will say this, that tight end spot, when you're a tight end coach, you're not really there to coach tight ends. Like, you're there to recruit. Um, folks will remember. I mean, Bryant Niedermeyer was a tight ends coach at Tennessee. He didn't know a damn thing about tight ends. Uh, Joe Osevet, tight ends coach. Yeah, he knew about offense and whatnot, but he wasn't a tight ends coach at Tennessee. Um, Alex Golas, offensive coordinator. I thought he did kind of well with the tight ends there and he had that background you look at this hire the biggest thing that comes to my mind is is recruiting you know no experience wasn't on the road during the last month that's what made things interesting for me is well if you're thinking about hiring him or just promoting him internally why was he not on the road getting a grasp on what recruiting looks like uh, in the southeastern conference now i'm not i'm not sitting here bashing josh heupel he has a reason for his hire and what he thinks is right. He had enough money. It's not about money or anything like that. He felt it was comfortable. So he, he goes he goes inside the program for two pretty important hires this offseason. Offensive coordinator, go to Joey Halsey, um, and quarterback's coach, and uh, he'll stay there. And, and now you make Alec, you know, the, the tight ends coach. I just I want to see how this translates to recruiting, man, because the tight end position could be coached by – probably anyone on that offensive staff, uh, there's a reason why he got the job. I want to see what that reason is, and, and hopefully it works out well for Tennessee. 
Trey, I'm not trying to argue with anything because I, I hear people say yeah. that a lot. I see that a lot on the message boards. You know, tight end is a recruiting position. And, of course, Niedermeyer, that was his first full-time staff position and uh, all that stuff. But I also hear, like, people, when they talk about hardest positions to learn, like, they always bring up tight end, right? Because it's like half receiver, yeah. half offensive lineman. You got to be able to run. You got to be able to catch. You got to be able to block. You got to be able to be a Swiss Army knife, do all this stuff. That's always seemed odd to me that people just sort of overlook the technical aspect of being a tight ends coach when you hear these coaches talk about it. And it always seems like a really hard position to learn. Well, you know what? And, and it's not a slight or anything to, to him. I, I think when you look around college football, okay. What are what are some of the positions? Okay, because you got to hire. Okay, two things: you got to hire a recruiter. You got to have you got to have somebody that's either good at recruiting or good at what he does as a position coach. Okay, now you got to look at your staff. You can only have ten staff members on the road recruiting. Okay, well, let's break this down. Who are you going to roll with? You know, you've got your Garners, Willie Martinez, uh, Banks. Brian, Gene, Mary, you know, the list goes on, whatever. So which one of those are your stud recruiters? Because you got to have them. You can't have, field, you can't have off the field assistance going on the road. So that's why it makes it interesting to me. I'm not taking anything away from the tight end coaching ability. I'm just saying usually in these positions, you, you want to fill that spot with a recruiter. Um, and, uh, and, and somebody that can bring it on both sides. Okay. Tight ends coach and recruiter. I just, you know, I thought they might've done a little bit, something different when it came to that spot. But if Heupel thinks he's the guy, if Heupel thinks he can relate, uh, to these players and get on the road and, and land a couple studs, then, then so be it and good for Heupel for making that choice. I just look at how many coaches can actually go on the road recruit and, uh, usually you have to pick out, you know, maybe half six, seven of them that you think are, okay, really good position coaches, but also we, we need somebody on the road. So that's all I meant by it. Uh, Trey, your thoughts before we let you run here, Tennessee basketball back at the arena tomorrow night. Disappointing week so far. The loss to Florida has really uh, stung this Tennessee fan base. And now you've got Bruce Pearl coming into Knoxville. They, you, you know, this game means a lot to him. Um, what do you think? What What do you think about what we're going to see from the Volunteers? Do they bounce back tomorrow afternoon, or could this be the beginning of a midseason lull? I didn't like it, man. I, I sat there and I watched that game with my father on uh, on Wednesday night, and that was just ugly. And that's what we're seeing, man. If this team offensively doesn't get it going, you know, I mean, look at a player like Olivier. I mean, what do you have against Texas? Twenty-seven points. You know, look at the production that you got out of the post against Florida. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Florida went twice. They had two 17-2 runs in that game. Like, come on. What are you, what are you doing here, Tennessee? Um, I, th- I think the offense got a little stagnant during that game. Um, I, I know they had three players in double digits, but still, that Florida team, that Florida team shouldn't have beaten Tennessee. Castleton, is, Castleton shouldn't have had that much success in the paint. And I think that that came back to hurt them. And, and look, Tennessee is a team right now that you're like, okay, like they're good. How good are they? Or, or is this some kind of fool's goal? Like, we got to figure this thing out here. Um, 
because I think the offense is really talented, and once they get going and making shots, they're good, and they're and they can beat teams. They can beat really good teams. But then you have a slow night offensively, and this doesn't feel like the team that maybe can win a 54-52 type matchup like maybe we've seen in the past. I don't know. It's a it's a it's an interesting bunch, man, because you know, Tyree Key didn't have any points the other night against Florida. You know, and you're trying to rotate, use these minutes with, with Julian Phillips and Key and you got Adu out there. You know, Euros' minutes have been somewhat diminishing. Um so it it's just it it's getting to that point, tomorrow needs to be a day where, where Tennessee comes out offensively um, and defensively and makes a statement. And, and Auburn is not like the Auburn teams of the past. You know, they don't have big Walker Kessler down there that's going to destroy Tennessee on the boards. Even though they're big, they don't have somebody like Walker Kessler. Um, you know, uh, even Jabari down there. So I just feel like, you know, this game is, is big for Tennessee in a lot of different ways. Need to keep the win. Uh, need to get the win at home. Need to keep things rolling. Need to beat Bruce Pearl. He'll get his standing ovation tomorrow when he comes in. There'll be a bunch of Bruce chants when he comes in and stuff like that. And then it's game time. And Tennessee needs to take care of Auburn tomorrow. And um, especially if they if they want that one seed. It, it's not gone or anything like that. They've just got work to do. Trey, appreciate you. As always, my friend, hope you have a great weekend. And thank you for a hearing with us as always here on fan run radio guys i had a blast thanks for having me i hope y'all have a great weekend i've secured y'all's third eye blind tickets so y'all can come with me uh next not month. gonna happen look, look forward to that and uh i'll just leave it at that bear thanks for accepting my invitation y'all have a good weekend thank you trey trey wallace on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines this afternoon. They'll have Tennessee basketball on tomorrow at 2 p.m. If you'd like to watch the game with a cold beverage or two, maybe a Philly cheesesteak, basket of wings, something like that, go check them out at 6625 Maynardville Pike in Halls. They'll have karaoke and live music this weekend as well. Check out BigOrangePhillies.com for a full schedule on all of that. we got to take a quick timeout. We're live today at National Law Rex. In Farragut, back with more right after this. Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. We're live this afternoon at National Law Rex in Farragut. It's a beautiful Friday. If you want to come out and see us, we'd love to see you out here this afternoon. I mentioned, uh, Nurse Amy is here for, uh, she's getting set to leave actually in about 10 minutes. She's here till 4 p.m. on Fridays. The Drive Sildenafil Special, just 50 cents a tablet for the generic form of Viagra here exclusively for our audience. Mm, see these products charged up near three bucks a pill. Some of these online websites, some of these TV commercials that you're seeing, you can pay six times less right here at National Law Rex, and you can get your prescription now from their board-certified nurse practitioner, Amy Brock, who works here on Fridays as well. Check out nationallawrex.com to find out more information. You can find the phone number there and call down here, and they will walk you through everything you need to know about sildenafil as well as the nitric oxide supplements, which is an over-the-counter the product as well. They've got down here for you now at National Law Rex. Trey Wallace of OutKick. Bear, what did you learn? 
Uh, I mean, it's not so much learned as just reconfirmed. Trey's uh, Trey's a funny dude, but uh, the the biggest thing to me is the the stuff with Darnell. But I'm just overjoyed at uh, Hendon Hooker and and him getting invited to go down there. You know, I thought that that was kind of a rare thing, but just what a what a benefit uh, that will be for him. Yeah, and just I'm it just, reinforces I'm, just how boneheaded. Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't go so far as to say I feel bad for Stetson Bennett, but he had a serious lapse in judgment. Yeah, not not going to help him out any for a guy who's borderline anyway. One thing that has kind of struck me as odd this week is the criticism I've seen, and I feel like this is kind of like some of the Barnes criticism where it's amplified by a minority percentage of the fan base mm-hmm. of the Alec Ablin hire. And, you know, I, I, I just see it, like I told Trey, people say, well, this is a recruiting position. It's a recruiting hire and all this. First of all, I think all your assistants have to be able to recruit. I don't think you can afford to have any weak links on your 10 assistants that can go on the road recruiting. I think all, every single one of those guys has to be able to recruit in this league. You can't just write that off. Um, I think it's safe to assume that a younger guy is going to be able to connect better with recruits and, and Ablin is going to be the youngest guy on staff now. And above all else, man, I just think that when we talked about it yesterday, like Josh Heupel knows what he's doing out there. He knows what he wants. And I don't think he's going to gamble on one of those 10 positions by putting in a guy that oh, it might work. He's earned it. Let's see if it works out. No, I think he's going to make any high where it's Kelsey Pope last year or Alec Ablin this year or promoting Joey Halsley this year, knowing full well what to expect. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. Here, here's where I'm at with it. I think also that uh, who better – this is something for the people on the other side of it, you know, try and think about it this way. This is somebody that uh, played for Ellerby and Heupel at Missouri and excelled, was on some of the great offensive teams that he put together up there. Uh, who better to sell to recruits? Um, what the Josh Heupel and, and Tennessee program's about than somebody who's been with him all this time and it, it excelled and played in the SEC. So that and just I go back to what you're saying. I mean, it's, we had number one offense in the country. Josh Heupel, the next mistake he makes will be his first. I think he's earned a lot of goodwill and trust and faith. He has for me. I fully expect – those tight ends to perform well, offense to look good next year. And for whatever criticism you might be seeing on the message boards of this hire the last 48 hours or so, ever since the news broke, that uh, that will be long gone in the past. Ablin will be a very popular assistant with the fan base this time next year. That is my prediction. I would I'd put money on that being the outcome. So I think the key to all this is Tennessee and Heupel just need to continue to to graduate and to turn out um, extremely well-coached, polished players. And that's why that stuff at the Senior Bowl is so important. That'll help recruiting more than anything. And we don't – we talk about it, but, I mean, it you know, it's a big thing. When you're – these big-time recruits are – they watch the draft just like everybody else. 
if you start seeing Tennessee's name getting called in the first round again on the regular, things are going to get a, it gets a lot easier in recruiting. Question I want to explore. We'll go ahead and set this up for next hour. If you want to jump in on this, go ahead and take a shot now. 865-546-8200. Bruce Pearl. Coming back to Knoxville tomorrow. Always a big event. When Bruce returns, all he accomplished here and the fallout after he left. Years ago, we asked, you know, the question, are you over it? Are you over it? Are you over it? Um, I think most people are now. If you're not, you're just never going to be. Here's what I want to ask, even for the people that are, quote, over it. Do you still have positive feelings for Bruce Pearl? Do you still look at him kindly, even when he is in Thompson Bowling Arena wearing an Auburn shirt tomorrow, do you still have love for Bruce Pearl? Hmm. Bear, what's your gut reaction to that? I, I do. I, I, I'd, I'd be lying if I say I didn't. Um, I just, I'm content with where we are now. Like, yeah, you know, He's Barnes is as good as sure. The highs aren't as high as they were with Bruce. I'm, I'm nobody's going to dispute that. But the lows aren't as low either. You know, he's steady. He's a rock. Yeah. Well, I, I would agree basically with that assessment. I think you you have to have some positive feelings. To me, that was the. One of the most fun times, I mean, this past football season was a fun time too, but uh, when you think of all the years you've been a Tennessee fan, Bear, you and I have been in it for a long time, uh, Marcus and Ben, a uh, much shorter time, and listeners, all points in between, I- I'm sure, but uh, that was the f- first couple of years at Pearl, the first, you know, the, the five years, year six was kind of a mess, but those five years were an amazing time, man, and he was such a larger-than-life personality here, and I think that I'll always appreciate that. For one, I think we haven't really seen that kind of rock star persona as a coach over there. I I think uh, Tony Vitello has tapped into that a little bit here lately. There's very similar vibes with him and that program and their success and all that stuff. But uh, I think you can still, like you said, be content with where Tennessee basketball is at with Rick Barnes. I think he's the uh, perfect fit for this university, this town, and all that stuff. Um, but I think you also have to look back on on those teams very fondly. As um, you know, you say the highs were were higher. He went one round further than Rick has been here. You know, Rick's been to the Sweet 16. Pearl went to a couple Sweet 16s, only got past it once, and didn't get past the Elite Eight. And Rick's done something Bruce Pearl never did, which is win a conference tournament championship here. And that counts for a lot in my book. But I'd like to hear from the audience here this afternoon. Your thoughts on Bruce Pearl now that over 10 years has passed since he last strode the sidelines at Thompson Bowling Assembly Center and Arena. 865-546-8200. If you have thoughts on that, would love to hear them this afternoon. 546-8200. When we continue, Marcus Young has your top four at four. We're live today at National Law Rex, and we're back with more right after this. The Drive. Are you tired?